I truly believe that we are moving into a true health crisis. As more and more women are beginning to feel and see the negative consequences of self-neglect, it's usually when the cost of living in a state of constant stress, burnout, and overwhelm becomes too great that we're forced to take action and break free from the habit of neglecting our physical and mental health. My name is Allison Tibbs and welcome in. Today we are talking about this idea of neglect. I have been really thinking about this topic for a long time and truth be told, I've been nervous about even having this conversation because I realize that the idea, the word neglect, it has such a negative connotation that I find sometimes can be rooted in guilt and shame and fear, but I thought, you know what, let's just have this conversation. And this is for any woman who has been struggling with making time for their self, making time for their self-care, making time for just putting themselves first, this is for you. So get comfortable, buckle in, and let's get to it. So in the hustle and bustle of our fast-paced lives, I find it's all too common for women to find themselves constantly and continually neglecting their own needs and their own well-being. And often it's at the expense of their physical health and their mental health. And when I see this constant juggling of responsibilities paired with the pressures of society and then the self-imposed guilt to do more, be more, say yes to everything, overextend ourselves, it's led to many really putting themselves last on their to-do list. And what I find as a coach, literally, I'm super passionate about this because in my sessions when I'm working with clients, I'm literally just shining a bright light on the real impact of neglecting ourselves. And I also want to help to give actionable steps that are going to help us to break free from the cycle of self-sacrifice. I find that self sacrifice, self-neglect are really at the root of why people struggle to just do the things that they, like the basic things they need to do for their own self-care. And when I talk to my clients about the challenges that they face, it often comes down to this neglect. And it's interesting when I say the word neglect to a client or in our sessions, I can see their body completely just like can like contract because it's such a loaded word. If we really think about it, neglect is like not caring for, it's not tending to, it's not taking care of, it's ignoring, it's, um, you know, completely putting, you know, the needs, the desires, the health, the being, just putting it off the plate at, at, you know, in all basically. And that can feel really bad when we're thinking about we're doing this to ourselves. And in this context, neglect refers to the habitual act of prioritizing the needs of others at the expense of your own. Or I like to say, lighting yourself on fire to keep others warm. How often do you do this? And so often it can even look like something so small, like you know, you're super busy and a friend calls and they need to vent about, you know, something that they've been venting about for the past three months. And you're like, okay, this story, this, you know, it's not going to change. It's the same conversation, but they really need to talk. But also you have all these 
to-dos and deadlines. And instead of you saying, let me get this stuff done, I'll call my friend back later, you answer the phone and you sit on the phone for an hour and a half. And again, because you want to be a good friend, you want to be supportive, you, you think they would do it for me. But it comes at the expense of your peace and your well-being because now you're an hour and a half behind on things that you need to do. And that's very simple, I think, common thing that happens and it's not malicious and it's from the friend and it's it's you being a good person, but at what cost, right? At what cost is it for you to light yourself on fire to keep others warm? And we'll talk a little bit more about how you can navigate those types of situations in a bit, but that's just an example that came to me right now. And what I find when we lean into this neglect where we are prioritizing the needs of others at the expense of our own, it manifests in many different ways. So it can be, uh, it can show up as stress. It can show up as weight gain in the body, um, aches and pains like in your joints, um, in your neck. When you know when you're really stressed, you get that kind of tightness in your um, jaw or your stomach feels like it's in knots or your hip starts acting funny because you're so stressed. Um, it could also be um, you know, poor sleep. So you're just not sleeping well. Either you're sleeping at odd times, you're going to bed late, you're waking up early, you wake up, you don't feel refreshed. Um, the quality of sleep is really off. Um, you're noticing that your eating habits are unhealthy. So either you're eating a lot of junk food or you're eating sugar to stay awake so you can get more done, or you're skipping meals altogether to get more done, or you know, your eating habits are you don't eat all day and then you, you know, eat at like 10 o'clock at night and you just indulge in everything or you're drinking too much wine or too much coffee or too many energy drinks, whatever it is, um, you're having a, a tough time like focusing. So it's like you, you sit down at the desk or at your laptop to get work done. And then you're like, I don't even understand like what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm so distracted. Um, it takes you longer to get things done because you just can't focus. You're more irritable. So you're yelling at people or you're snapping at people or you're just not being your best self and people are like, whoa, what is wrong with you? I mean, even a low sex drive, your libido takes a hit when you are so depleted from, you know, just the day and the tasks and the to-do lists and the deadlines. And, you know, so you have this mental and emotional and physical just drain. The last thing that your body really wants to do is like have a revved up sex life, you know? Um, so I see that happen with my clients. And honestly, like I, I see that happen a lot with friends. I've seen it happen with myself. And, you know, it's just all the stress, everything that happens. It's just like you, there's no space for connection, intimacy, pleasure, because it's you're just depleted. And what I see a lot and what I'm seeing a lot more lately, and this is why I'm really like, I have to say something. I had to hop on and, and record something because I'm seeing more and more people with this overall feeling of despair where they're saying like, what's the point? What's the point? Why am I even doing this? Why am I pushing so hard? Why? Like it's, and I've seen people close their businesses down. I've seen people walk away from, you know, different things because they're just so, so low. And when I see this, you know, what I often see is that, you know, when we have our conversations, I hear all these things happening, but what I see my clients do is they're ignoring the signs. I always say like your check engine lights on and you're not even paying attention to it. And typically when you're in this stage, you're one fire drill away from burning out. You're, I mean, it's literally, and it could be a small fire drill. It could be a big one, but it's, it's coming. 
I mean, I, I, I see it, it's coming. And that's why I said we're in this like health crisis. And it's so crucial to acknowledge these signs, like start to pay attention. When are we neglecting ourselves on a daily basis? And, you know, the chronic exhaustion, the overwhelmed feelings, the, the guilt, um, all that stuff, we start to notice it. And if we can start to notice it, then we get a bit clearer on this. I noticed I was doing this thing of self-neglect and it sounds so simple and it sounds so basic, but it like literally was, I needed that moment. And it was something so simple as like, I feel that I'm thirsty or I feel that I'm hungry. And then what do I do instead of get up and go get water instead of go get up and either take a break for lunch because it's 12 and I should be taking a break for lunch or go get a snack. Instead, I just say, you know, I'm going to push through. I'm going to send one more email. I'm going to do one more phone call. I'm going to do one more, uh, about 20 more minutes of working on this project. And that 20 minutes turns into an hour. And now it's like 2.30. I haven't had water. I haven't eaten anything. My stomach is growling. My head hurts. I'm irritable. I'm cranky. And then at that point, it's just like my brain is fried. So I don't even have the capacity If I didn't meal prep or have lunch already ready to go, then now I'm struggling and I'm frustrated because I don't have anything ready. So either I'm going to opt for an unhealthy option or I'm going to order out when I already have food in the fridge. I just need to, I just should have taken the ample time to prepare it and use the full hour lunch break that I set for myself every day. Or I, you know, just snack on random crap that's just around in the house. And that's not helping me at all. That's literally taking a very simple human, um, like basic survival needs, hunger and thirst. To, it's like the bottom of Maslow's like hierarchy of needs, right? It's at the bottom. It's the foundation. And I'm ignoring that for the sake of emails and work. And then I wonder why by two o'clock, three o'clock, I'm exhausted. I have no energy. Do you see where I'm going with this? This is how self-neglect can show up in a very simple way, but as you can see, the implications are huge. And if we do it over and over again, it adds up. And so what I've found is that when we look at the habit of neglect, I I truly believe it's deeply seated in this root of trauma. That's a big word, because now we're using the word neglect and we're using the word trauma. And I would say this is, I think first and foremost, after I kind of go through my thoughts around trauma and neglect, if if this is like really zinging in for you and you're feeling really like, oof, I'm, I'm feeling it, then it's like you, therapy. Because <laughs> I'm not a therapist, but I will say that when we are dealing with trauma and we're trying to heal through our trauma, having a therapist is such a great way to help process that. And a lot of my clients, they work with therapists alongside with the work that we're doing. And I love how a lot of things that we do in our sessions really align with what they're working with on their, like in their therapy session. So, you know, whenever trauma gets, you know, enters the chat, (laughs) that's when I'm like, Ooh, okay. Therapy needs to be a part of this too. Anywho. So when we're talking about trauma, I first think the first thing I notice is that there are these like internal narratives that we have. And these are like the stories that we tell ourselves about, you know, our needs being important. And what I honestly believe is that 
there's been trauma somewhere around when either you tried to take care of yourself or you tried to put yourself first and something happened, you were punished for it, you were um, judged for it, you were made to feel some type of way about it and then you didn't um, want to do it again. And, and that like had a big impact on you. Um, the words of others can be really harmful and can create trauma. And so, you know, if at a young age you were told that, you know, you're not important or you were made to feel that you weren't valuable or you were neglected or whatever it is, it starts to manifest as you would become an adult, right? We know that. We we know that the trauma that we experience as children, it, it shapes who we are as adults if left unacknowledged and unmanaged. And so I think a lot of us, when we lean into this, there there's trauma and then that trauma creates these narratives and these narratives become the, um, become our truth. They become our truth. They become who, who we are. They become, you know, what, what we believe to be true about ourselves. And it can be really hard. And on top of that, these narratives, these stories are often influenced by expectations, um, of others. You know, it comes from a lot of different, places. You know, we see it in the media, we see it on social media, we see it, you know, everywhere. And so there's these like ingrained gender roles for women, especially, and and, and people who identify as women. Um, and, you know, and I do believe that things are changing. Like, you know, there's there, I think there's a shift happening, but unfortunately, I think that we have a lot of work to do. And there are these narratives about around you know, women must be the caregiver, the nurturer, the support system, the strong one, the, 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 the lover, the friend, all of these things. Plus we have to like maintain the home and maintain our careers and maintain our physical appearance and maintain our relationships and do it all without complaining, make it look effortless and, and not look exhausted. <laughs> like you can't look like what you're going through. You need to look perfectly all put together and that also creates this narrative that like we can't even come undone. We can't even have that level of vulnerability, which I think is really detrimental for a lot of reasons. Hence, see a therapist. Then also we have this idea around the societal pressures that we have. So our society, it rewards overcommitment and it glorifies, um, you know, burning ourselves out, which is so messed up. Because I see, especially for women, you know, in particular, there's this like pressure to excel in like your personal life and your professional life. And that looks like, you know, saying yes to everyone and saying yes to everything and putting so many things on your plate and, and doing all of these things. And it's like, what about me? Where's the space for me just to exhale and take a breath? It's not there. It's usually not there. And so I think about when I was coming through my own journey, you know, I quit my job in corporate America at the age of 25 because I was like, this is crazy. I am stressed out. I'm like losing it. I need to, I need to try something else. But I remember as I thought, you know, at the age of 12, I thought I was going to be a top marketing executive. That was the word. That was like the phrase that I researched in a um, school project. And that became my North Star. And then as I got into corporate America, I looked it around at the women who were in these top positions and I was like, I don't, I don't want that. That looks toxic and chaotic and traumatic. I don't want that at all. But 
I saw these women playing the game. And, you know, that's just that that was it. And I felt like that's what they needed. So I emulated that for a while, but it left me super stressed. So when I became my own boss and became an entrepreneur, I thought, well, if I'm working for myself, then it's then it's okay. And so I took that same mentality, but I did it in my own business. So I had no, you know, I couldn't be mad at the man. I couldn't be mad at the company. I could only be mad at myself because I was, I didn't change anything. I just changed the like platform that I was doing it. But I was, you know, always saying yes and always doing more and going above and beyond for my clients. And half of those clients were struggling to pay me or whatever it was. So I became resentful of that and it broke me down. And, you know, I was never rewarded for upholding my boundaries or saying no when I was at capacity or taking time off to prioritize my mental health. Like no one cared. They were like, I need this thing. I need you to like do the thing like this thing. And and that's it. So we had this pressure from other people. And then we put that pressure on ourselves clearly. And then the last is like, who's in our social circles? I think we surround ourselves with people who can actually contribute to our own self-neglect because we have people in our lives, like our family and our friends and our colleagues, kind of like what I talked about earlier, you know, when our friends call, like there's this like, like guilt that can be inadvertently placed on us and we start to neglect ourselves or we feel obligated to do things that we don't want to do or do things that we don't have the capacity to do or do things that we no longer should be doing. And I would say most times it's not even malicious. Like it's not like they're out here saying, ooh, let me add more to your plate because that just seems like a fun thing to do. No, it's just like everyone has their own needs. Everyone has their own problems and they're looking for things to be solved and they're looking for support. And so sometimes they look to you. You know, I'm, I'll be honest and say sometimes People come to me and then I know I'm exhausted. I have nothing to do or have nothing else to give. And they'll say, but you're the only one who can do this. Or you're the best person for this. Or you do this so well. And if I'm honest, it feeds my ego a little bit. I like the idea of like being needed, of being wanted, of being like, I'm the only person who can do this. And so I'm like, yes, I'll do it. And so I neglect that part of me that's like, wait, we have too much going on. Please don't do this. Please say no. Please say no. And I'm like, yes, I'm your girl. Because in that moment, it like feeds the ego. It's a little dopamine hit. And then I end up even more exhausted and more resentful. And that's a whole other thing, right? So that's one side of it. But if we flip the coin, then we also may not have people in our lives who model like unapologetic self-care, unapologetic prioritizing their needs, putting themselves first, putting the oxygen mask on before they help others, putting their life vest on before they help others. You may not have seen that. I didn't see that a lot growing up. I didn't see that at all, honestly. And I was surrounded by really successful, powerful women. And so I just thought that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to sacrifice yourself for the sake of others. And, you know, I think there's there's some merit, there, there's some great things about that, right? So I'm not saying like be a complete jerk and be like, no, and not helping people. But I think it's about how do we find the balance to do it? right? Like how do we find that balance? And that's hard if you don't see people who are doing it, if you don't see people who are balancing it. And it wasn't until I started hanging out with more women who were doing that, that I was, my mind was getting blown. I started reading books and hearing about women doing these things. And I was like, what? That's even possible. And it wasn't that these women were like, I have it all. But instead, they were like, it's a deliberate choice. I have to make a deliberate choice every single day to choose myself and choose my priorities and different things like that. 
because I know that there is a positive side to this if I do it. I'm happier, I'm healthier, I'm a better wife, I'm a better mother, I'm a better boss, I'm a better leader, I'm a better employee, I'm a better friend, I'm a better, you know, pet mom, I'm just I'm I'm nicer to myself, I'm nicer to the environment, like I don't have road rage, like all of these things, they realize the value of it. And so When you see the value of it and you're hanging out with people who see the value, you start to see the choices that they make. You start to see where they say no to things. You start to see where they they say yes to things. And it like blew my mind. And so now I have women in my life who hold me accountable to this. And they will come for me when they're like, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. You're not answering your text messages. Either you're super anxious, either you're going through something or there's too much on your plate. And they know me well enough and they call me out. And I'm like, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for saving me from myself. You know, these women will be like, you know, I, I had one I had one friend. We've been trying to see each other for a while. And it was like, I think May. And I was like, you know, we need to get together. And she said, I cannot wait to get together. But I am just booked up with either other people's stuff or just some self-care things that I'm doing for myself. I'm booked up till September. And I was like, cool. Let's find some time in September. It it was such a liberating thing for me to hear that because then it was like, I didn't have to, because I was also busy. I had things to do too, probably up until September. And so it created this piece of, I'm getting fired up. I can feel it. And the caffeine and my coffee's kicking in. So if I'm going too fast, just drop the speed down a little bit and then, or just like re-listen to it at a slower speed. <laughs> but it was just so liberating to hear that and to watch my friend do that as well. And it's something that I model now. So, you know, our society, our social circles, they, they play in that too. And so what I see, as I mentioned, is that we're at this health crisis and, you know, women are beginning to feel and see the consequences of self-neglect. And this may look like dropping the ball on a big project, forgetting to pick your kid up from school, getting a bad report from your doctor about your health, or even having a panic attack in your car as you're driving to work. So how do we break this habit of neglecting ourselves? Well, I'm going to walk you through kind of my process when I work with my clients because I think it could be really helpful um, for you. And when I'm working with my clients, I use a simple framework during the first few sessions, like the first, I would say the first month of us working together, this is what we're looking at. So before we even look at your workouts or your exercise plans or your macros or whatever it is, we're looking at this first. First, I'm looking at your, your belief system. So if I notice that there's a habit of self-neglect and it's impacting your physical health or your mental health, I'm examining the beliefs that are driving those unhealthy behaviors because I always say your beliefs dictate your behaviors. So if you are doing things that are not supporting you, there's a belief somewhere that it's, that's driving this behavior. And that has been, I think, the the most powerful thing that I have been able to unlock for people is realizing that our beliefs are connected to our behaviors. And so instead of focusing on changing the behavior, we start working on the beliefs. We start working on changing the beliefs. And then it's like magic. It's like a huge part of the psychology of change because when we start with the beliefs, once we get through it, which is, it requires work, it fast tracks us to adopting habits faster and sustaining them for like even better results. So what I used to do, you know, when I first started coaching, I would focus only on fitness, only on nutrition, and I ignored the root cause. And I found that my clients actually weren't getting the best results 
or they would like have to do another round of coaching with me because like they, it wasn't sticking. And it wasn't until I went back and did some more certifications and did more coaching that I realized, oh, it's in the beliefs. So that's the first thing. We identify the limiting beliefs, then we have to flip them. Once we get into that flipping stage, it's literally like working and reworking on challenging those beliefs and rewriting the narrative that we have. Because these sabotaging stories, they're on repeat all day. And every time that they get a chance you know, to make a decision or to take care of yourself, the stories are gonna come back and they're gonna be super loud. Like the volume gets cranked up and it's like, you don't have time to do this. You don't deserve to do this. You are gonna be made fun of for doing this. Oh my gosh, you are so selfish for doing this. Why do you think that you you know, can even make this happen? Who are you to think? Like literally it gets louder and louder. And what do we do? We talk ourselves out of it. So instead, we start to look at how do we flip this, flip this belief and rewrite the story to really empower you. And so we're now thinking, like, okay, when I start my morning with daily journaling and some meditation and prayer for that 30 minutes, 15 minutes, it helps me to be grounded. It helps me to connect with myself. And when I'm connected to myself and with myself, I can show up. So when my kids wake up, when my spouse wake up, wakes up, when I hop on that first phone call with a client, I'm actually showing up as the best version of myself. Because without that 15, 20 minutes to just connect with myself, I wake up feeling anxious and lost. So this becomes an important part of your day versus I don't have time for it because we make time for things that are important. So if you don't see the value in that and seeing the real cost, then you won't do it. So we have to rewrite the story so that you can find value in what you're doing. And once you rewrite it and you find value, boom, then we can start to really find ways to create space for the nourishment. And that's like the third piece of it. And so we're looking at what's on your plate. We're looking at what needs to stay on your plate, what can be minimized and what needs to be eliminated. And I take them through this whole like little process and a worksheet and everything. And we really look at everything. So it's kind of like not just a time management thing. We're looking at time. We're looking at priority management. We're looking at habit stacking. We're looking at boundaries so that, that there's this a clarity on what are the best self-care practices that we can seamlessly integrate into your complicated life and your complicated schedule. And so it doesn't feel like a chore. And it's only after these phases that we can really start looking at, okay, now let's talk about accountability to these practices. Let's look at your fitness. Let's look at your workouts. Let's look at your sleep, your nutrition, your self-care, your joy, your pleasure, all of these things. But we have to get you from the neglected state of mind and being to the nourished state of being. So that way it's all welcomed. And then I can then I can really like hold you accountable and give you the guidance, the support, the plans, the tools, all those things. But it can't happen until this is really done. And I think most people struggle in the past because they jump right to the excessive workouts, the diets, the expensive procedures, the unrealistic expectations without looking at the root cause of their self-neglect and really looking at their beliefs and their stories and like creating the conditions. It's almost like planting the seeds. It's like very fertile garden to grow. So my mission, it's, it's, it's clear. It's to help women liberate themselves from the cycle of self-sacrifice, heal from their traumas, and incorporate self-care as a non-negotiable aspect into their daily lives. 
And when we transition from being neglected to nourished, we can really have the energy and the strength to care for both ourselves and for others. And this is just a reminder that your well-being matters. So it's time to make yourself a priority. That was, that was a long one. That was me getting into it. But honestly, I felt like it was so important for you to hear that and for me to share that. And if this resonates with you and you're like, Allison, I want to go deeper into this. I, I really want to process this more. One, re-listen to this again. I think this is one I would say definitely re-listen to. Two, book a call. I want to talk to you. Like I, I love having these conversations because sometimes it's just being able to like help navigate you through the, the, the jungle of your mind to figure out what needs to happen next. Let's have that call. It's every first call with me is a free call. So you can book that. You can just go to my website to book a call or I'll put it in the show notes here um, as well. Um, But also there are some things coming up that I'm really excited about. So one thing that's coming up, I'm getting back to doing more workshops and more webinars and um, also going live on Instagram. So definitely connect with me on social, especially Instagram or join my newsletter. I'll put that in the show notes too. That's where you'll get the news of all the cool things that are coming down the pipeline, especially over the next few months as we close out 2023. The really exciting thing that's coming down the pipeline is I'm creating an online coaching community where I will be um, housing all of my different coaching modalities from different trainings, different workshops, um, replays of, of live workshops that I've done in the past, tons of workbooks, worksheets, exercises, things that I do with my one-on-one clients. I'm putting that all into an online platform. It's called the Nourish Life Society. I'm so excited about it. Um, and it's coming soon. So if you want to get on the wait list to, to learn more about that, then I will definitely um, put that in the show notes too so you can sign up so you can be the first to know and, and be a founding member of this amazing community that was going to be coming down the pipeline. So um, there's a lot of things happening and a lot of things coming, but I think the time is ripe. It's time for, for me to really step into that and to um, move beyond just one-on-one coaching because I think there is power in community, as I mentioned, when we have people who are in the same boat as us and who are modeling things that are going to hold us accountable to taking better care of ourselves, we're going to see the big results. So um, I'm really pumped and excited about it. So hopefully this was helpful for you and um, keep coming back. The podcast episodes are going to be shifting a little bit. I'm going to start bringing on some guests very soon, and we're going to talk more and more about these types of things. So um, I'm excited for you to be a part of this kind of change and transformation. And uh, this is just a reminder to go out there and live a nourished life. Do the things, do one thing today that's going to support you being your healthiest, happiest, and most fulfilled version of yourself. This is Allison Tibbs signing off. Take care and uh, hope to see you again real soon.